0: Welcome back to another episode of Deck Hockey Focus. As you know, we had a very awful tragedy occur this week, and all of us at Deck Hockey Focus would like to start this episode with a moment of silence for the Humboldt Broncos.
1: All right, thanks a lot, guys. There's something that we want to do. With the glasses that you guys can get that we have for you in the pro shop there, we're going to be donating a portion of the proceeds to their, uh, is it a GoFundMe or whatever? It's, yeah, it's, it's like almost at like 10 million at this point. And yep. we really think that the deck hockey community can contribute to that. So go and get a, a glass. We can put anything on there that you want, even if it's an NHL team, if you want to put a Broncos logo, if you want to put your own team, you can uh, your number, stock, whatever, whatever you, you want. guys want, we're, we're going to give a portion of that to that fund because we just think that that's great. And we, we love everybody leaving their sticks outside and really just, it's good to see how deep the hockey community is like not only locally, but worldwide and how everybody can come together so that's just amazing and we want to be a part of that so uh check out the glasses there and and help those guys support and and and, and, you know help us as well um because we work really hard on that stuff but uh before we get too far into this and before we get too serious i think we need to take care of business attaboy Mm.
2: that's delicious oh i'm so glad the season started so speaking of that What's going on in the season right now? It had just started. I
0: it has been cold up yeah. there. We had wasn't I wasn't playing, but there was a night with snow.
1: Yeah, out on the yeah. Deck. We, we talk a lot about the rain shoes and stuff like that, and it's not often that we tell you you got to bring your snowshoes. So, <laughs> um, but you know what? That's why I say people from the Midwest we're tough.
2: We're resilient. Yeah,
1: it can be a hundred degrees out. We're gonna play. It can be snowing in April. We're gonna be we're gonna be playing. So.
2: I'm going to be honest, I haven't been there as much as I would in, let's say, 50 or 60 degree weather, because whatever, it's cold. But what I have, I have been up there for a handful of games to a lot of different leagues. And what I'm seeing right now is pretty much, it's it's going to be up in the air. It's too early to tell. Talking to some players, like they have four, five, six games in over a handful of leagues. I've played one league game or two, one from D2 plus and one in D1 last night.
0: Yeah, I've had a pair of plus, two plus games. I yeah, I've been D three open D four plus.
2: So From far. what I've seen though, it's like it's already tight. Like- oh, absolutely.
1: For instance, there are teams that may have lost their game, their first game by ten or twelve, and then came out two or three days later and absolutely spanked somebody. Yeah. and they just had to work the bugs out on night one. So, like, it's I I'll, I want to give like an early prediction, but it's to honestly too early and. I just can't tell. No. and You know
0: what I've noticed, too, is that the league has worked really hard over the years to make sure that our rankings are right, to make sure that it remains competitive. And we're seeing that right through the first couple weeks here. So we're going to see you guys out there over the next uh, several months gearing up for that Waterloo tournament. Get yourself ready. Just go out there and grind.
1: Well, and how long till they release the uh, salary cap for that tournament? By I the way, supposed to
2: be in the upcoming days. Oh man, I can't wait. Okay. But as the season goes on, like we're gonna, you know, we'll talk about the leagues more. What we're seeing, what's going on, you know, highlights and players that are really standing out. But right now, honestly, it's just too early to tell. Well, can I can about. I
1: say one thing? Is that kind of as we've predicted, as we get more and more leagues, and and there is a, a separation of skill set, and we can really kind of refine each league. I've seen a ton of good play from the lower levels, guys that lack maybe the shot that lack the stick, but are getting a little bit better with uh, maybe their changes or positioning or they're making (coughs) better decisions and things like that. So I've just, I'm actually really shocked at how many good, nice goals or how
2: many like tight power plays there are at like very low levels yeah no the more the call organized yeah structured yeah that they're not just looking oh ball on stick shoot smart Let's see what i've got smart me. Yep. yeah
1: there's a lot of smarts down in the in the lower leagues and it's actually as i've been reffing more and more i'm actually shocked i mean i know it's early in the season and there's still a lot of kings to work out but i just think it's going to be an
2: awesome season yeah for to start out that way then to have the growth after you know when people can feel their fingers and toes, it's going to be awesome.
1: But anyway, too too early to call any winners. I mean, obviously both of my teams will win in D one and uh, two plus. Uh, but other than that, I think it's too early to call. Um, But yeah, looking looking forward to seeing what everybody's got out there, and and good on you guys. Once the weather gets warm, we'll see what everybody's got.
2: This episode of Duck Hockey Focus is brought to you by dhf podcast snapchat our newest platform to bring you all live updates general nonsense and behind the scenes information from deck hockey focus
0: we're uh, jumping right back into the season here we've been noticing a few things with players i know mock you've been refing a lot up there from high level to low level games even on our bench watching uh irish mafia north and i know you've helped me personally get better what are some things you're noticing from players that maybe they could get improve on
1: well i have seen a lot of good play like i've said but there's definitely a ton of room for improvement and it's it's kind of like tightening up the screws it's maybe uh, some things you might not think about um but first of all i think with with regard to warmups, it's important to touch on how to warm up your goalie, I think for one, and maybe how to warm up yourself as well. So the first like maybe at least two shots that you take at your goalie, you need to be like, all right, I'm gonna put this one in his gloves or I'm gonna put it off his pads, let him feel it. You're not looking to score. You're not looking to crush it. Make sure you're not hitting him in the head. You're not trying to go bar down. And maybe the weather and the way that it's gonna redirect off of his pads and letting
2: them feel it. I'll take a goalie perspective from this, obviously. If somebody's coming up trying to rip a slap shot bar down and trying to dangle, that's not going to help me be confident in what I'm trying to do. I I got off work. I got home. I, you know, ran some errands. I'm trying to get my head in the game. So I want to see how that ball's reacting. From a player perspective, your first shot is the hardest slap shot you're ever going to try. How does that help you? I I, I don't think it does. I don't think it does at all. And that's kind of my Um, point. But yeah,
1: so you want want your goalie to feel it. And then, so typically, I I would say most goalies hop in there. They take a couple of shots, feel it, feel it. And then they'll go out on the side. And then there'll there'll be an empty net for a minute where you can fire away and try to go bar down. And if you miss and whatever, and that's kind of your chance to do that, or maybe towards the end of warm warm-ups if, if you've got a decent amount of time, but I think it's important. And some of the things that we do in basement basics with like the toe dragging drills and getting your hands comfortable, warm up your hands a little bit, work on picking your head up and getting comfortable with the new ball. See how it plays off the boards, depending on what the temperature is. Focus on warming up your goaltender.
0: The <laughs> other thing I want to touch on, uh, and Sean said it when we're in pre- if you can't see your goaltender's eyes, don't shoot at him. If yeah. yeah. Nothing there's, makes me angrier than when I get two or three shots at a time, and it throws off my whole game.
2: Well, nothing gets me angrier than when I'm watching a shot coming from the right face-off dot, and I get drilled in my left <laughs> ribs because yeah. I didn't know a shot was coming. Right, right. Like, so there's a time
1: and a place for that. But the, the main point of your goalie standing in there is just to warm him up as a goaltender. They're the most important player on your team, and if they're off or if they get dinged in warm-ups, that can affect you immediately in a game. But so, so – moving on to actual play. I think a lot of what I've seen, and I would say this even applies to the higher levels as the competition gets stronger and stronger at those top levels. It's about making quick, quick decisions. So you have an idea in your mind of, okay, I, uh, I get the ball on maybe a breakout pass or a transition pass. And I'm thinking that my line mate is going to be here, whether I know or not, Make a decision quickly, even if it's the wrong decision. Make it fast.
2: Well, and I think a part of those quick decisions, though, is it ties back into awareness, you know, comfort yep. level. Yep. That reasonably, my winger should be cutting through here, and I don't have that shot, so I'm going to feed that. And and being aware of your surroundings and your line, a I, little I, bit I of think, eyes in the back of your head yeah, there. I
0: think something you you and I talked about last week. In my head, when I'm out there on uh, offense, all I'm thinking about, like where is the best place to position myself to get a shot off? And when we talked about that, you had mentioned 100%. That's not That shouldn't be my focus. No. I should be focusing on the pass more so than the I know exactly shot. where
1: you're going. So I see a lot of guys that where you would like the pass to reach you is obviously backdoor on the goal line where all you got to do is tap it in. But your guy can't get it to you there. It's not following the play. Yes. It's following an ideal. So ideology. it's important... That when there is that transitional moment, get wide, get open, find the seam. And even if it's not your favorite place, it's where you're open. And that's where you need to find that space and find those lines. But it's
2: where those those quick decisions are going to allow for that quick pass. That's going to, you know, that pass back and that patience right. type of game. Right where you're going to be able to open up the offense to eventually get to the back door. Absolutely.
1: And you see a lot of the, so I think a lot of people really value the speed players and the guys like that. And it's important to know that, okay, if you are going to make a bad decision, it's important to do it really fast because it puts the other team on their heels. And even if you made maybe not the best pass, but you did it immediately, their reaction time is going to be compromised by the fact that you are making an impulse buy.
2: You already know you're making the pass. They don't. They have to react. Exactly. You're already following Exactly. And
1: then they react to what you're doing rather than, and I've seen in in myself, I, I was guilty of it. And I think our two plus teams suffered immensely because of, we'll do a regrouping pass. And instead of just making that quick decision and sending a guy, we hold back. And we look and we try to structure everything, and it allows their defense to, to come readjust. and and get their shape.
2: Then we have to adjust to them rather right. than the defense adjusting to right. offense. Offense is now right. Adjusting so now we're
1: defense. trying to deconstruct instead of them having to defend against a high-powered. Almost think of it like a blitzkrieg, you know. I mean, I'm not saying make ridiculous bad decisions all the time or dump and chase it's, whatever
2: smart decisions in the situation you're in. You're just making it quick, right? Right. So,
0: so I think we we talked to a little bit about we're talking about offense to defense here. I think we wanted to mention when we see when your team loses
1: possession
0: with in regards to quick decisions what is something you're noticing in d4 d4 plus that d5 people need to look at
1: it's the transition yeah. from offense to defense from defense to offense what i've
2: seen is just like you know let's say they're on an offensive rush and they defense takes it over that offensive player that had the ball they almost just stopped playing mm-hmm. right i the had the ball. to turn it yeah. off
1: oops offense over i shot
2: yeah, I did my part and then there's no back check. There's no recovery, right? There's no reaction. If, keep,
1: you got to keep your brain on. Yeah. The whole any time,
2: point, any point in hockey, the turnovers are going to happen They happen more than the pretty plays. The idea is though, that stop restarting the back brakes on and get defense. back yep. or,
1: and then the, the vice versa of that is if we're on defense, we're on defense. And then Turnover, quick break up. Our five guy, our guy in the back. You need to get your butt to the boards quick. Get wide for him, or go long, or whatever. Find that seam, make a crossing route, whatever it is. But you, it's got to happen quick. You got to hit the brakes and you got to change directions immediately. Yep. you don't have time to think.
2: Well, and this isn't exactly related to deck. It's related to hockey though. But and I read an article like what scouts are looking for, like when they're like scouting junior players, mm-hmm. when they're looking for either college or you know that sure. entry level pro. And it's in that exact situation where somebody slams on the brakes. They're throwing snow six feet in the air and they're cutting straight back. Not right. the guys that loop it all the way around. It's mistake happen. Time to go, boom, stop, restart and go. <clears throat> like it's those quick decisions, quick reactions. And then, but so back. I
1: was saying, I've seen a lot of guys at the lower levels that I'm surprised with their, uh, maybe their awareness at the lower levels, having it between the ears and having that hockey sense mm-hmm. is
2: unbelievably inc- valuable. Yeah. It's increasing over past years too.
1: I'm actually shocked with it, but there's a ton of of guys that are uh, even first liners or second liners that need that. You, you should have a set of guiding principles that you know. All right, every time there's a turnover behind our net, I get my butts wi- I get my butt wide for this. Or, or I, I think another no, thing that's, that's important. I, I kind of want to touch on. I know we didn't talk about this, but face offs. Face-offs are so incredibly important. And I've seen, I would say that might be the biggest place where you're separating the top levels from the lower levels. Think about what you want to do on the face-off. The center should be quarterbacking that and saying, okay, I want you here. If I lose it, if I lose it back, I'm going deep. Or you yeah. go deep and I'll cover here. If I win it back to this guy, screen the goalie for his shot. Yeah. And and you, you should have set plays in offensive and defensive zones that are pre-programmed.
2: You see it more at the higher leagues, so that when they go line up on that face-off, I mean, obviously, home team gets last set, but they start in a position, but as soon as it lines up, they're moving and they're adjusting based on what they're seeing. So,
1: controversial. That timeout that I called on our power play the yeah. other night at the end of the second period. So, we had, we, had the, we had the man advantage, and there was probably 30 seconds left in the period, maybe... And 20 seconds left in our power play. And we had the offensive zone faceoff. We and had I, to get a goal in that situation. I, and though. we were down. We were down, I think, 2-0. Uh-huh. And we were playing well, but we weren't scoring. And our power play was going. But anyway, we had that offensive zone faceoff. And I just took an impulse. And I called a timeout. And I was, uh, I was getting chirped. Because that is not really the best timeout that I could have taken. But we had our set play. And the, so the face-off so the face-off was won by Kozak. He won it super clean to me. I got a good piece of it. And then Johnny already knows that he's crashing the net. So John ended up getting the rebound, but it was a three-man play. We called a timeout and it, it worked according to the textbook. He wins it back to me. I crank one on net. If I don't score, Johnny picks up the rebound and it turned a controversial timeout call into a net. And it was all based around a structured offensive zone faceoff that we actually points
0: absolutely so we talked about this uh during one of my irish mafia north games you told me win it back right we started winning it back so often and then it's just forward. like our defense yeah. I, I started winning it back we'll get it back to the d-man and we just started ripping them on net and we started scoring and it was just it just started working there's for almost
1: us. no scenario where you should be winning a faceoff forward correct all
0: yeah, almost every time it seems like that's what that. people that's do. Well,
1: And one, to be yeah. said, if you can tell the guy on their team is trying to win it forward every single time, set your defenseman wherever he wants yep. to win it forward to and make sure he doesn't get through you on the face off. And you've essentially won the face off without doing anything except playing blocker.
2: I think tying all this together real quick, though, that the quick decisions like throwing a wide or hitting the boards isn't an impulse decision. I'm just going to arbitrarily throw it there. It's that everybody on that line understands, I need to be there.
1: It's It's, pre-programmed, but it is a bit of a guess. Yeah. It's always gonna be a bit of a guess, but you should have an idea of how the structure of your offense is gonna develop and then make that decision quick, and just have the confidence in your teammates to be where you think they're going to be, or where they're supposed to be,
2: based on what you guys have talked to, what you set up, in, and if in it's wrong, situation, they should be there.
1: If it's wrong, that's the best wrong scenario you can create. Yes, as as kind of weird and and I guess counter to your thought process as that sounds, but doing it quickly makes everything happen better and in your favor. It puts the other team in a defensive position well, and that's where you want them.
2: Well, and I think to summarize, uh, like hockey, everybody's like, it's a game of bounces. Who gets, you know, we won because we had a few bad bounces or we lost. The bounces just didn't go our way. It's not bounces. It's how you react to the decision. And you're
1: chomping on it. Yep. You're there. You're pouncing. Bounces
2: are a reaction to a bad decision Absolutely. or a quick decision and is how you respond to it.
1: Absolutely. But so yeah, guys, uh, if there's, if there's other things you guys want pointers on, whatever, uh, feel free and ask us. And we're more than happy to comment on it, but we have seen a lot of good play. And we think that if you guys just tighten the screws a little bit, we're going to keep adding lower and lower leagues because the competition is getting so much higher and higher and higher. So uh, really proud of everybody out there and, and keep them coming.
0: Are you struggling to find a goalie? Join up on QC Deck Hockey, Team Finders, and Sub on Facebook. Looking for a netminder? You can find one at deckteamfinder.com. Out on the deck, everybody believes they're an armchair referee. Everyone thinks they know the rules. Everybody thinks they know every little obscurity. So we're starting this new section. We're going to call it the rule book, where we're going to bring you some obscure situations. And give you the scenarios, give you the facts, and we're going to let you know exactly what the rules are. In this case, we have a high sticking situation. So, Mock or Shaq, do you guys want to set up the scenario for our Mark, listeners?
1: You're the ref. Yeah, like this. I'll set it. I'll set it. It's not something that I've seen. I'm not referencing anything specifically. Pat and myself, and probably two or three other people, were all discussing this. And I was like, you know what? We could probably bring this to an episode. So, the first scenario I want to paint for you is let's say who's, who's probably the tallest player out there. Fordice is pretty tall. We'll say Johnny Fordice yeah. is in front of the net shot comes, deflects up high off the goalie or something like that. And Johnny Fordyce, the stick is above the crossbar. He hits it into the net stick below his shoulder above the crossbar, hits it into the net scores a goal. What's the call?
2: Well, for context, the goals, what are they? Five feet tall?
1: Actually no, they're they're four feet high, and I mean we can assume Fordyce's shoulders right around six foot. So yeah. we'll assume the ball is at the five foot mark. So right. Fordyce hits it in stick below his shoulder, above the crossbar, shoots it in. What's the call?
2: Well, Johnny Fordyce is what like six five, <clears throat> so yeah. his shoulders being at like six foot, obvious. So the way I understand the question and the clarification is, what's a stick above the shoulder and what's a high stick? That's so so, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw my
0: answer out there. No goal, but no penalty because his his stick happens to be above the crossbar, so it count can't count as a goal. Yet it's below his shoulder, so it's not a high stick. So so
1: far you're factual, but then I'll throw you a second question. Let's say there's uh, a shorter player out there, maybe uh, one of these young guys that we see creeping up into the the leagues now as mm-hmm. they uh, get better. So let's say. He hits one in, but it's the other scenario where it's above his shoulder, but below the crossbar. So it's in that in-between area, but he scores a goal. What's the call?
2: I'm going to go the exact opposite of what Squatch said. I agree with uh, Squatch on the Johnny Ford situation, but I'm going to say a one-minute penalty, no goal.
1: A one-minute penalty based on what?
2: It's a high stick, and it can't be a goal because you can't commit the penalty you're the last person to touch it but why wouldn't
1: it be a goal if it's below the crossbar because it's above. because
2: you've already
0: committed a penalty so it becomes
2: a delayed penalty at that point but the differentiator i think here is between what is the high stick the shoulders and what's above the goal line because so it's a
1: so in this uh the short person scenario it's a one minute penalty no goal correct okay then where's the face off outside (laughs) <laughs> the far end, obviously. Yeah. Every every single <laughs> course, you're right. not going right. right. to get it, on where he, But you're yeah, not going to get a shot. penalty. But, have so, it but so that's that's a scenario that I I feel like is somewhat likely, and that's the kind of gray area that I think people well, you, uh, can see. Where it's important to be knowledgeable about the rules before you speak up. I got no problem with people who are going to badger and question some of my calls or whatever, even give me crap. Make sure you know what you're talking about first. But
2: it's also, it's I think a good question though, because it's a gray area. You have to combine two rules right. into one to make
0: a rule. But the other, the other part of it too, I think I can speak. I've refereed a couple of games, so maybe this. I'm speaking for you. Instead of badgering the ref. If somebody came up to you and said, hey, can you explain that call? You're going to be a lot more receptive to somebody being like, that's a terrible call. You don't know what you're doing. I know the rules. In
1: theory, most of the time I have my freaking bulletproof vest on. So if anybody, they could come up to me and say like, hey man, good call. And I would be like, you don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> Wait, no, that was a compliment. Sorry, sorry. I'm just so used to dealing with crap that I have like... A demeanor about me but yeah it is it is very important that you guys do know the the rules with everything but uh i mean that that is kind of a, a weird scenario where it could be one way with one player one way with another so let's say for the for the last i guess the last most important thing is what is the penalty you said there's a penalty and it's no goal with the shorter player what's the penalty well one
0: minute. you didn't answer well there's there's more of that though well, it, it's not just one no, minute did he did he contact the goalie nope. or another player just a ball just oh, the ball. Then one minute. It's a one minute. Yep, one my, minute high stick, which is with different no than ice. Correct.
1: Which is a good clarification for people that are like watching the NHL playoffs. And I find myself doing the same thing, where I'll see a guy, uh, I'll see a guy hit it with a high stick, and I'm like, oh crap, dude, that's a one minute penalty. And then I'm like, wait a minute,
2: no, it's not. <laughs> I'm
1: so ingrained in deck
2: right now that I've got all my my wires crossed. Yeah. And one one thing I think needs to be clarified is like obviously these situations we're talking about over the span of a few minutes and setting the scenario up. This is happening in a split second. Absolutely, right, right. So the decisions uh, right. that are being made by the refs are what they saw in a millisecond, and it's the understanding of the rules that are going to allow them to make those so, calls. So the the t- uh, the takeaway and Squatch, you said it earlier is like ask, clarify. Yep. Don't go hundred miles an hour at them. No, you're wrong, and and just go. Ask to clarify. And then get an understanding of why and what they saw, because the ref can only call what they see.
0: I think there's one more, one more variation to this that we need to bring up, mm-hmm. and our friend Sean brought it up. In ice, if you follow through and you hit another player, right, but, you, sco- yeah, but you score, and let's say you happen to contact their helmet or whatnot, that typically is
2: not a penalty, no, the follow through if you're like
1: Oh on a shot. On a yeah, shot, yeah, yeah. Okay, so
2: following through on a slap shot. Yeah, you're taking, okay, sorry, you're taking I, I a clapper from the point, you rip, and the guy goes down to block. And the, the guy shot rushing, me, but your follow through hits him in the face. Yeah. That's not a penalty. In An deck. In deck, yes. in deck it is. In deck, that is a hundred percent. If you're penalty.
1: playing ice, you're playing roller, if you're playing something else, yeah. you you get the benefit of the doubt there, not in deck hockey. Safety is priority in yeah. deck.
2: Yeah, deck, deck is any contact with the stick to the face is going to be, regardless of where that base right. level is. If you go right. down to block a shot, you get hit in the face with a stick. That should be a call. In ice, it's not. Correct.
1: But yeah, so so are there any other segments that or uh, scenarios that you guys have been in, calls that are weird, controversial, things that maybe are a little bit out of the ordinary, things that happen once a season, and they're in a really weird gray area that you guys would want us to talk about? Because I would... I love... The, the speculation and really just taking the rule book apart and just exploiting it for every little detail that it possibly has. Cause there are tons of scenarios like that, that we're hoping to talk about as the season progresses. And as these things kind of come to the surface. So help us out with that.
2: Yeah. Let us know, um, use real life examples. If you have <laughs> not you during to the games game. for for my benefit, <laughs> not during the game <laughs> or real life examples, whatever, let's clarify, let's talk about those things and let's, uh, all get on the same page,
1: make everybody a better player. And, uh, Thank you guys so much for listening tonight.
0: As a reminder, we do have our glasses in the pro shop. Go see Dom. Go see whomever's working there. We are donating part of the proceeds from those glasses sales to the Humboldt Broncos uh, organization. Make sure you also let them know if you want anything customized. It's a, it's a little bit more, but we'll put your name and number. Literally any logo anything you want. you want on
1: there. So uh, uh, somebody asked me at the uh, last Mallards game, rest in peace. Uh, if you want a Mallard's logo on there, you can put a Mallard's logo on there. If you want an NHL team's logo on there, you can put that on there. We can put literally anything that you want on there.
2: We're not really following copyright and trademark laws around here, so whatever you want, let us know. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly.
0: And I think that wraps it up for another episode of Deck Hockey Focus. Why don't you guys go out there and score some more goals this season?